Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Your Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Bamford. Let's just jump right into it. Um, set my grill on fire a few days ago. That was pretty scary. Almost burned the house down. Um, now, in this situation, normally I would just freely admit um, to being the dumbass. Uh, but I actually, I did everything right. You know, I clean it. It's a propane grill, but I clean it before I use it every time. I make sure that the little grease cup at the bottom is never that full. Uh, we determined later that it, I was making burgers. Um, I guess it was just a poor quality, you know, very fatty meat that was used. It's the only thing I could really think of besides, you know, some kind of ruptured propane line, which, I mean, is possible. Um, See, so yeah, it happened relatively quick. Um, you know, I had the burgers thawing out. I thought I'd have a pretty chill evening. And, uh, you know, I went out and put them on the grill, had all the burners on low, came back in, you know, got the fries out of the freezer. You know, I had the oil... You know, going on the oven. I was like, let me just put the fries in there. You know, I'll go out and check on the burgers. You know, and close the close the grill up and then come back in. Uh, but as I'm, you know, rounding the kitchen island, I can see on the back porch. And I'm like, that's a lot of smoke, you know, for a few burgers. You know, so I go out there. It's like, okay, we have a small kind of enclosed screen porch. Yeah, I get out there and there's just flames just going up to the ceiling. Um, so, I'm, you know, my first instinct is like, get out there. I was like, let me, you know, turn off the burners. Let me, you know, shut the valve of the propane. I'm trying to, you know, reach under there to do that, but it's like, it's on fire. Yeah, the little grease cup, which only had a little bit of grease. You know, it's like it collects it as it drains. I mean, that was on fire. It looked like the Olympic torch hanging on the bottom right next to the propane tank. So I'm, you know, starting to freak out. I'm getting ready to go back inside to tell Cynthia. And then Isaiah, my youngest, the two-year-old, going to be three next month, is just at the sliding glass door trying to open it. I can hear him saying, Daddy, hot? Daddy, hot? And I'm trying to hold the door closed. I can't reach the grill at this point. And then I have a, there's a ceiling fan on the porch that was on high, which normally just kind of keeps the smoke out of my face. Um, instead, it's it's blowing all the fumes just directly into my lungs, so I can't, you know, it's, it's, I can't call Cynthia because she's at the other end of the house. Because every time I try to take a breath, you know, my lungs are burning. Um, I managed with the the long grill spatula to close the grill lid, which you know for a moment kind of dulled the flames a little bit. Um, you know, I managed to kind of fumble out my phone and just. You know, send a frantic text to Cynthia, and, and the only thing I could think of to say was, I need help. <laughs> and she, you know, maybe thought it was like a diabetic emergency. You know, she came kind of, you know, briskly walking down the hall, and I guess she probably saw the smoke. I just, you know, told her the grill's on fire. <laughs> yeah, she was like, okay, I'm getting the kids out. And, uh... It's just like every time, because I know now, it's like now I got to take the grill out of the porch, obviously, because it's right up against the side of the house. 
And it's just every time I reach for, you know, the one side of it that has the wheels, it's like that's the direction the flames go, which are now going back up towards the ceiling. You know, I'm burning my hands. Um, then my sister-in-law was over. She ran next door and got my neighbor, Fernando. He was usually hanging around outside. You know, I find out later he was in the army, so he was probably in Afghanistan. So sitting outside in the Florida heat probably just doesn't bother him. But, uh, you know, he was, you know, hanging around outside listening to music or, you know, whatever. Because I'm thinking, I was like, I have to move this grill. I can't do it by myself because it's too heavy for one person to pick up. And there's this big, like, metal lip where the porch door closes. And it's like, I'm afraid if I hit that with the grill, it's like that flaming on fire grease is going to splash everywhere. So I'm, you know, starting to panic a little bit. Uh, then the, you know, Fernando comes running around the corner of the uh, the porch. And I, you know, I'm telling him, I was like, okay, help me, you know, help me move this. And I had the, uh, the tray that the other burgers were on that I just put on top of my hands and then underneath the grill so I can use the tray to lift it. And we had to like, you know, bring it out to the grass. He was like, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take the propane tank off. I ran and got the hose. Which I know you're not really supposed to do on a grease fire. But it's, you know, it was away from the house. It was away from the pool. You know, everybody else was out, out front. But it's like we disconnected the propane. I mean, obviously at this point, the grill was ruined. <laughs> and my lungs are full of, like, paint. I don't know why they paint the inside of a, a grill. But that's what it, what it smelled like. Um, yeah, that was the scariest part. I was lifting, you know, the still-on-fire grill... Trying not to move too fast, because then the flames will blow back into my face. You know, trying not to spill the, you know, the flaming grease. Um, so then, yeah, we get it outside, you know, we get the propane tank off, you know, we just soak it in water. And then, you know, I, I toss the hose to him, I run back to the valve, I turn on the water, then you hear that squeak, and it lets you know that there's a kink in the fucking hose somewhere. Fernando looks at me like, seriously, dude. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Cynthia at this point had called, you know, she had already called 911, you know, the fire department. And she told them that we had the fire out, but I guess they're still obligated to show up anyway just to make sure. Um, you know, there's not too many times in my life that I feel unmanly. But uh, when you have like nine giant firemen show up. It's like, they all look like the fucking Avengers. And it's like, I might as well have just been wearing a dress. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. But it was, uh... Not my, not my proudest moment. And I couldn't think of any jokes. I was just relieved that I didn't burn my house down. I'm sure my neighbors all thought I did something, you know, dumbassery. And then the giant, you know, Hulk-like... <laughs> Firefighters were always like, okay, as long as everyone's safe. And they, they went and checked out the grill. They saw that it was out. You know, they advised me not to use it again. And I said, no problem. Because <laughs> even so, it's like maybe even one of the propane lines had been damaged. The last thing I want to do is light it up again. Have it, you know, blow my fucking legs off. So that was fun. You know, so I guess after that, we are going to be making inside burgers. <laughs> Um, so that's how we discovered that we had a couple of burgers in a pan 
because the kids still wanted burgers. I was like, yeah, I never wanted to see a burger again. Um, but the kids still wanted them. So I was like, you know, let's just do, you know, I'm inside on the stove. And this is Cynthia tossed a couple in a pan. And before they were even finished cooking, they were almost fully submerged in grease that had come out of these burgers. So I don't know if that was the culprit. Like I said, I, you know, I took care of the grill. You know, I tried to keep it clean. You know, empty out all the grease stuff. But, uh, so that was, you know, my first, uh, homeowner disaster. Oh, and it turns out we don't have a fucking fire extinguisher. Because I thought they came with every house. Because I've never lived in a house that I owned before. Just like, you know, every apartment has to have one in there. I thought every house, when they built it, they're just like, here's a fucking fire extinguisher. Um, turns out that's not the case. So anyone that's going to buy a new house, you got to buy your own fire extinguisher. That was the first thing I did, because, like, most of them are, you know, I think it's the Class C is what they're called. It says it on the on the fire extinguisher, where it's the foam, where you can spray it on pretty much any kind of fire. You know, grease fire, you know, wood fire, whatever, you can spray it on there. But it's like, I'm, I'm looking at all the, the cabinets and, like... You know, usually there's a small one tucked away somewhere, but not in this house. Um, so yeah, you know, once the the Avengers made sure that the house was still standing and nobody was hurt, you know, of course I go around to the front of the house. All you know, neighbors are, you know, from every house around is out there staring, and it's like, ah, yeah, I'm the I'm the guy, and that's why this whole street, you know, smells like burnt paint. So that was uh, that was my adventure the last couple of days. Um, my uh, main topic, that was just kind of a little fun addition, in case you're going to wonder what my nightmares are going to be about for the next several weeks. Um, but I wanted to talk about my health. I wanted to talk about being a big fat fatty, a chubby tub of blubber, um, I'm going to be 38 in September. Um, I'm probably in the worst shape of my life. And that shape is a fucking pear. I mean, my problem, you know, like like a lot of people's, is that I love food. And I hate exercise. I mean, that could be oversimplifying it. You know, but it's just, it's hard to be miserable and exhausted for six months on purpose. To kind of get your poop in a group. I mean, usually... Getting into the details of my health just sends me on a long walk down to Presby Street. But, uh, you know, sounds like long walks are exactly what my body needs right now. I mean, I'm, you know, probably the fattest I've ever been. You know, the pandemic doesn't help. And just, you know, since I was little, I've used food as a reward. I mean, granted, when you're little, you're picky. So it's a little easier to avoid some of the junk. But it's just now, I love all the food. The healthy food, the unhealthy food. You know, I love green beans, you know, and I also love Doritos. And it's just, you know, even if you just overeat healthier food, it can still become unhealthy. And it's just hard to to step back from it and say, okay, now I've become addicted to something that no one will yell at me for. You know, except maybe a cardiologist. It's just, I've always, you know, most of the time I associate food with positive experiences. You know, it's like when you discover, you know, an amazing restaurant. It's like, oh my God, this place has been here for years. How have we never been here? Or even go into like, 
you know, going to an old standard, you know, that you go to, you know, me and Cynthia love Bahama Breeze. I can eat there, you know, twice a week. I'm not sure if my bank account will like that. But the food is always so amazing. I've never had anything there that I didn't love. So it's like you're there and, you know, it's like me and Cynthia, I love when we have our date nights and it's like, I mean, even when, that just reminded me going so far back when she was pregnant with Grayson. Um, I mean, we were just, just poor as shit. You know, we barely knew how to handle money. We were still trying to figure out budgets and, and we just, you know, our heart was in the right place. We just, you know, didn't have, you know, any kind of economics classes under our belt. But, um, we would walk because, you know, they took, you just have to get exercise when you're, when you're pregnant. And we would either walk down to the Walgreens and just, you know, maybe buy a drink, you know, candy bar or something, or we would just drive. There was a racetrack gas station. It was about a mile from us. We would drive over there. They had a little ice cream bar similar to, um, like a frozen yogurt, almost like Menchie's. If you have that where you live, I'm sure. Wherever you live has something similar where you get your ice, your frozen yogurt, and you put the toppings on it. They had that. They had the hot dogs on the rollers. So that would be our little date nights. Because we can go there, you know, with seven bucks and, and get our bellies full. But like I said, that's, you know, that's, the food was a positive experience. And it's just, I don't want to turn it into something negative. I don't want to you know, turn eating into something bad and become anorexic. I think that's what happens with, with that eating disorder. Now, granted, I've done no research, but that's what it seems like. It's like they just associate food with something negative. You know, and I'd rather, you know, shit in my hands and clap than go on one of those exclusion diets. Is oh, you can only have, you know, four carbs a day, or you can, can't have meats. And, you know, it's just so you got to cut out one thing entirely. It's like the stricter the diet the less likely I'll do it. I know myself. And I mean, the only thing that's ever worked for me has been just eating less of everything, which isn't even that, isn't even that easy. <laughs> you know, I tried to just buy less garbage, you know, eat, eat less snacks in general, you know, just try to, you know, it's like, because if you try those diets, I mean, you got to find one that works. Some people can go on the, the keto diet, which as far as I can, I know, isn't long-term. You're meant to do it for like six months and then, you know, just not eat like a jackass. But it's like you got to find what works for you. You know, it's like, and it's just like quitting smoking. It's like you keep trying until it works. Something works. I mean, what I'm doing now, what I'm attempting to do, because every, sometimes I slip, is uh, the intermittent fasting, which is, you know, basically a fancy way of skipping breakfast. You know, the goal is to eat just in an eight-hour window. So I try to do 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. or 11 to 7, and that's that's all you're eating. And uh, it's harder than it sounds. I mean, because I, most of my garbage eating is in the evening after the kids go to bed. Because I don't want them to eat all my snacks while they're awake. But it's just, and I've seen this work, you know, for a lot of different people. So the hardest part is just sticking with it. Some people do like a four-hour window of eating, and they'll have just one meal and a couple of snacks. I was like, that, that I can't do. 
I mean, during the fasting time, you can have as much water as you want and drink, you know. You know, try to stay away from, like, a fucking milkshake, but, you know, you get it. Um, so, like I said, the hardest part is, is sticking to it. Usually it's easy for me to skip breakfast, because now that I'm, you know, home most of the time, it's, the mornings are always so busy. You know, with, you know, Cynthia working, it's like me, you know, with the kids, it's like, that's when I'm getting them breakfast and getting everybody dressed and, you know, so I don't even have time to eat breakfast and all of a sudden it's like, oh man, it's 1030. It's like, I can, you know, I can go eat something and make myself some scramby eggs or a sandwich. You know, the hard part is like, okay, now that the kids are asleep, I mean, right now it's 930, so they better be asleep. Um. But it's like now is when I would go, you know, make a big old bowl of popcorn, you know, watch some stand-up comedy on Netflix. So it's just, you do a lot of, you know, going to bed hungry. My body's used to having that garbage intake at the end of the day. And then you got to, you know, try and exercise a little bit. Because um, any exercise is better than no exercise. And what worked for me before... With me and Cynthia, back when we were dating, when we first met, I was doing the uh, the ten minute trainer, which is by the same guy that does P ninety X, and I like it because it's me- mentally easier to get around. It feels like you're almost like cheating, cheating on my laziness. It's just you do three ten minute exercises in twenty four hours, and it gives you a little calendar. And one day a week, you only do just the yoga. Which I'm not saying yoga is easy, but doing one 10 minute session of yoga is better than doing, you know, total body and then lower body and then cardio or doing abs. And, you know, it's just you have a little calendar. It's like, okay, on Sunday you're going to do these three. And it's just, I try to do them all in a row. Just because if I know I got more exercise coming later, it's just I'm going to be miserable. Uh, But, like, you know, while you're doing it, it still sucks. You know, I'm not going to say it doesn't feel like exercise. You know, I'm still. You know, purple face and wheezing at the end. And I smell like the beard of a crab fisherman. It's a... You know, after about an hour, you know, the, the initial soreness wears off and you start to feel kind of good. You know, I wish I could be like, okay, now I have abs. I exercised once. You know, it's like I did crunches and I gave my body a radish and somehow I'm still not healthy. But, uh, you know, it's... You know, the hard part is sticking with it. You know, I feel like, you know, more like being at home with the kids now. You know, I'm, I'm busier than when I was, you know, out of the house all the time. So it's like, and I've never said that being a stay-at-home parent is easy, so I don't want to get a flood of emails from all the stay-at-home moms and be like, now you know what we go through. It's like, I get it. I never said that shit is easy. Especially with my kids. Um, but as far as the exercise go, I mean, it's, you know, not that the living room is giant, but I can pull the coffee table aside and, you know, the kids think it's fun to, to jump around in the living room with me. And they, uh, you know, they like it. They get bored quick because they're kids. They won't sit there and do the whole half hour. But, uh, you know, they like it. They think it's fun. It's, oh, daddy's going to do his exercises. You know, they like to do the... You know, the first time I was doing the yoga, there was one part where, 
you know, I was laying on the floor on my back, and I just see Isaiah's head and like peek over me. It's like, Daddy, okay? I had to tell him, I was like, Yes, I'm okay. I'm on the floor on purpose. <laughs> Trying to see what the purpose is for you know, being able to touch the bottom of my feet. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to also, you know, instill good habits in the kids. I've always told Grayson that, you know, he needs variety, you know, in his life. You know, he needs variety in his entertainment and his friends and in his food. And, you know, the best way is to lead by example. You know, and I'm, I'm worried about Grayson. He is a little bit heavy for his age. And I think that I can take the blame for most of that, if not all of it, because I mean he's not old enough to buy his own food. Um, you know, we've gotten better just as a family, you know, from not buying so much garbage. But I mean, Cynthia and I are both enablers. You know, if it's like, you know, one of us has a craving, usually the other one will will stoke that fire, and all of a sudden we're dialing up Uber Eats, you know, eleven thirty at night. But uh, one of my worst fears is for Grayson to grow up a fat kid. Because I did. And it affects you deeper than most people realize. You know, I try to encourage him to do the exercises with me without pushing. Because I don't want him to... If he thinks it's something that he has to do, he's probably not going to do it. He has kind of my rebellious nature. You know, and the same thing with the snacking. Try to have healthier snacks, less snacks... Um, you know, and the whole time, you know, all the, you know, the problems with, that come from childhood obesity, like floating in the back of my head. You know, so I'm trying to, you know, instill those, those healthier habits. I mean, he already drinks almost exclusively water. I've mentioned it before on the show. And he's, you know, an inspiration for me that way. Because I like water, you know, but I also like, you know, diet soda. <laughs> You know, lemonade and all kinds of other shit. So it's like I drink, you know, probably he's the only one in the family that drinks more water than me. Uh, unless you count their juice. Now those, you know, sugar-free little flavor packets are mostly, every now and then I'll get a bottle of like the real apple juice. But they, don't, they really can't seem to tell the difference. And I'm sure when they get to be older, they'll see that as a betrayal. <laughs> be like, wait, this whole time there's no sugar in it? Um, but yeah, so I'm trying not to, to, to push, you know, because I, I talk about the benefits of being healthy. It's like, it's, you know, it's fun to go on walks. We can play Pokemon Go as we're walking around the neighborhood. And, and I mean, granted now, you know, central Florida, we're going to have to have like fucking mosquito nets as we're walking around the neighborhood. Those things are like big enough to carry you off. Like the flying monkeys and the Wizard of Oz. But uh, I'm just saying I worry about Grayson especially. Logan seems to have just a lightning fast metabolism. You know, Isaiah just eats like a bird. Um, but Grayson, he... And Logan's usually the more emotional and sensitive one. But I know it would crush Grayson if somebody made fun of him for his weight. And he just, he has such a big heart. And the thought of it breaking just carries a weight neither of us are prepared for. Um, so it's just, you know, I'm open to suggestions, <laughs> you know, and then, 
you know, my other kids, I mean, Logan has had his physical. He's, you know, height and weight are perfect for his age. You know, Isaiah's speech therapy is coming along great. I mean, he's learning all new words and phrases and putting them together. You know, learning concepts like a little bit and mine and yours. Um, you know, super proud of him for, for doing so well. But, you know, the other kids will... I mean, thankfully they're not... I don't want to say they're not picky because they're extremely picky, but, you know, Isaiah's more picky about when he eats. And... Uh, you know, Grace and I try not to, because he's the oldest and he's the biggest. You know, sometimes he'll get larger portions, but I try to really keep an eye on him. I'm not just going to dump 10 pancakes on his plate just because he says he wants them. You know, I try to do some some portion control. You know, sometimes he's the first one, you know, half an hour after dinner to ask for a snack. And, you know, it also depends if, like, that whole half hour he was running around in the backyard, you know, maybe I'll give him... You know, a little bit of popcorn or, you know, a cookie or something. Maybe that's my fault. Maybe I need to switch it more to, like, the baby carrots. <laughs> this as an aside, Grayson fucking hates carrots. I don't know what it is. There's very few foods that the kids don't like. Um, so I tease them all the time about, you know, giving them piles of carrots for food. So, you know, my, my plan, you know, hoping to get... You know, my health under control, you know, physical and mental, because I've had some issues with the mental health. You know, anyone that knows me, you know, personally, you know, knows that I have, you know, kind of an issue with anger and depression. It's, uh, you know, it's like I want to be around a long time for them. You know, they might need me at the moment, but, you know, I need my kids more and I'll need them for the rest of my life they don't really understand that yet you know and sometimes I just hold and squeeze them like Rose on the floating door at the end of the Titanic <laughs> and my boys are as important for me as that door was for her and for the same reasons so I mean the time to the time is now <laughs> You know, to get a hold of the health before I become some kind of, you know, hunched over old slee stack that can barely move. You know, I noticed it was getting, you know, harder and harder to get up off the floor after, you know, playing with them for a while. And it just, it had kind of become routine. It's like, okay, I got to roll over on my side and then kind of get up on the hands and knees position and grab onto something to pull myself up and... And one day I just kind of noticed, it's like, yeah, I'm almost 40, but it's like I'm also, I'm 37. You know, it's like, and then my mother, you know, is in her 60s, you know, has an easier time getting off the floor than me. <laughs> you know, and she, and she actually goes to a gym regularly, so, you know, much respect to her. I just, you know, the thought of, you know, other people watching me. You know, be a sweaty pig in my living room. <laughs> That's why usually I stay there instead of, you know, going to the gym where other people will see me. You know, and I'm not trying to look like, you know, one of those manly, you know, Avenger firemen. <laughs> but it's just maybe if I can get to the point where I can, you know, brush my teeth without my belly jiggling. 
maybe that'll be, I don't know what the goal weight for that is. And I've already, you know, secretly taken my before picture. Which every now and then I'll take a look at that. Which is uh, pretty awful. Also, I'm really fucking pale. I just, I don't tan anymore. I used to like a little bit when I was younger, but then I, you know, I started working nights when I was 18 and that was it. I mean, it's like now, you know, I, I look like a marshmallow when I go outside. But uh, anyway, that's a, that's a totally different issue. Whole nother podcast for trying not to blister in the sun. But, uh, you know, thanks for listening to me rant once again. I do appreciate all the uh, the support. Um, you know, any questions, any funny parenting stories, you can email me directly at yourparentingpodcast@gmail.com. You know, all those go directly to me. And uh, usually, you know, if you have any embarrassing stories, I'll you know take the names out or whatever you want. But uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks for the support. Tell everybody about the show. Uh, check out uh, Anchor. That's the uh, the sponsor, the one that hosts my my podcast. And they have a lot of good shows on there that may or may not be on other uh, platforms. You know, but it's an app you can get anywhere. You know, or just you know keep listening the way you're listening. Yeah, you know, tell a friend. You know, thanks for the support, and uh, see you next time. <laughs>